When we started Ignite, we had nothing close to a typical first year of business. Um, We were incredibly successful. Um, The brand blew up in the community. You know, people kind of knew who we were and what we did and the impact of what we were doing too, like truly living out the mission to help people tap into their best selves. We were honestly rolling in money, doing really, really well. And then COVID hit and we closed down. And it's, I mean, something that I'm really proud of, we closed before we were required to because we putting other people's health first, putting our community's health first is important. Welcome to the Women Choosing Growth podcast, where we feature inspiring stories of success, challenges of growth, and lessons learned from women entrepreneurs, industry experts, and thought leaders who have been through the growing pains inevitable as an entrepreneur. Whether you are just getting started or are looking to scale up your business, our show is designed to provide you with the tools, resources, and community you need to grow your business. Join your host, Tina Su, a lifelong entrepreneur and business growth advisor, as we explore topics such as marketing, sales, finance, leadership, and personal growth, all tailored specifically to the needs of women entrepreneurs. So if you're ready to grow your business faster and smarter, then this podcast is for you. Thanks for tuning in and let's get started. We have a very compelling story to share today of extreme success and extreme burnout. Tiffany Martin, founder of Ignite Cycle, an electrifying cycle studio located in Birmingham, Alabama. Their motto is that their studio helps individuals to tap into their best part of themselves Every drop of sweat is a spark that will ignite a fire that will transform your life. Tiffany herself is an amazing entrepreneur that has ridiculous energy, but her fire actually went out. Her studios were crazy successful, all things going in the right direction. Tiffany is head down, sweated out kind of girl, not only in the studio, but also in her business. Being very driven and being able to roll with the punches seems like something all entrepreneurs look for in themselves. Unfortunately, she didn't see the toll it was taking on her body. She shares a very personal story on how she physically and mentally crashed last year and had to rebuild her business. It was hard to get her physical and mental strength back, but what she wasn't prepared for was rebuilding of her team's trust. Listen to her journey and pay attention to those warning signs that she will share that she missed herself. It can happen to anyone. If it can happen to Tiffany and her young, energetic, head down, just go with the punches kind of person, it can happen to anyone. Let's talk about the great things. Let's celebrate. Um, you and I, 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 don't even know. Was it 2018? Maybe when we started? Yeah, <laughs> it was 2018. Uh-huh. 2018. So a little <laughs> bit ago. <laughs> and when you and I met, you were just like your business wasn't even open yet. You were getting. You had this vision. I like, finished a business plan. Yeah, yeah. A business, you had a written business plan, which everyone should have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And then, um, so yeah, it was. It, from 2018 to now, a business plan to two beautiful locations. Why don't you tell the listeners what your business is today and the success that you've had, and then we'll go back and share the journey. Okay, great. So um, my business is called Ignite Cycle. We're a boutique cycling studio in Birmingham, Alabama. 
We have two locations. One opened four years ago. We just celebrated our fourth anniversary and one opened May of 2022. So boutique cycling studio means dark room, loud music, really cool lighting and a really, really, really good time. It's a lot of fun. And what we try to do is, is so much more about the people in the community um, than it is about the workout. You know, I say we could do what we do in the bike room in any number of different contexts, some that have nothing to do with exercise, but um, it really is about so much more than riding bikes in a dark room to loud music. Yes. And I, I've, you know, I was part of that with you and I appreciate being part of that initial startup journey and then following you on social media. Like I wish there was an Ignite in my area and like every city across the world, because I think mostly cater to women. Do you have men in your studio as well? We do. Okay. I feel very connected when I watch the the little snippets that you have on your social media (laughs) of like, I feel the same thing you just said. Like, it's a workout for sure, but it's fun. And sometimes you're probably working out your own personal miseries in life, <laughs> like uh-huh. therapy. A lot of tears on that bike room floor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. It is not your normal Peloton or your normal spin class. That is for sure. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, you know, paint the picture of this wonderful success that you've had. And a lot of listeners are in the same shoes as you are somewhere along the journey, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit later. Um, one of the things that I think is also important to know about you as you share your story here with us today is like, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're very involved in your community. How does that all play in the overall picture of from when you and I started working together and you had this business plan, you didn't even have any bikes yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember if I had signed a lease at that point. You did it. You had it. You okay. had this yeah. idea. And to today, when you have two wonderful studios who made it through COVID, which for any, you know, health care or health and fitness world was a challenge in itself. How do you balance all of that? The wife, the mom, the community, the business? That is such a good question. And my gut and like knee-jerk reaction is I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't balance I try it? To. Yeah. I mean, truly, it's it really is like if I have the choice every day to, you know, I, I'm going to fill my day and my cup with something it's something different every day. And I guess that if, if there is balance at all, it is in kind of like the long term that, you know, at this slower season at work, I get to spend more time with my family or, you know, over, I don't know, say when my kids are a little bit busier and have, you know, sports practices and stuff like that, that I don't feel like I need to go to, I go to the games, but, um, you know, that I can spend a little bit more time working. I do do my best when my kids are home from school to put away my computer or my phone. I definitely make some exceptions, but for the most part, really try to be physically present with them and as mentally and emotionally present as I also can be. But it's really hard. It's really hard not to be thinking about, you know, work problems and problem solving and thinking creatively about what's happening at the studio. I I think you speak for everyone who's anywhere on this journey of a woman business leader. And I think us women have different challenges. Not that men don't have challenges too, but you know, the mom hat is a big hat in addition to building a business. So, and you're here today to share something very personal and it's about a burnout that you had. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
(laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, Tiffany, have you, do you feel, do you feel like this is common or have you ever looked up any stats on how many women go through what you're about to share with us of what you went through? I have not looked up statistics. Um, I really only over the last probably two months have been able to put real words to what happened. Um, the recovery process was really long and coming to understand it took a lot of time, but I can absolutely imagine this being something that a lot of women kind of at least inch toward, you know, without even, I had no idea what was coming, but I, I would imagine that, you know, I had been looking back, I had gotten close to that line numerous times. I just hadn't stepped over it. Okay. And then I stepped over it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Fell over it maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Step sounds like you do something intentional. Falling is maybe like yeah. did not mean Was to do. Pushed over, pushed the, over the edge. Yeah. And I'm glad that you can joke a little bit about it today, but I looked up the stat because I felt like a lot of women either get up to the line or are over the line and are maybe not aware of it. In addition to that 42% of women experiencing burnout, an even more staggering stat from the USA Today, so a very credible source, this report found that women are 32% more likely to experience burnout than men. Oh, that breaks my heart. Which was also surprising to me, but yet also not surprising. So not dissing any men, um, uh, you know, in business owners, but again, women we're a different breed and we're 32% more likely to burn out in business than in men. And that is crazy for me to even think, but even more so thankful that you're sharing your story to help reduce these numbers. Yeah. It's all the hats. It's all the hats. Yeah. And we do, I mean, in our house, we, we outsource a lot because we have to, my husband is also an entrepreneur, um, (laughs) which would not recommend by the way. Two entrepreneurs in one household. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. We're we're two entrepreneurs and two financial brains in this oh house. So God. yeah, that's a wow. whole other episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Literally, you, you can listen to one. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is an episode already. It is. Yes, um, um, awesome. It is, and probably many. But y- yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, and that's why I, I didn't know if you knew how common what you went through is. And that's why I feel so proud of you for being able to share it. Thank you. So do you want to, like, what was leading up to it? Like, where do you want to start in helping other women to either notice or like what you learned and went through? Yeah. Um, I think honestly, starting toward the beginning of the business opening is helpful. Although I do, I think taking it back to a conversation that you and I had when you were advising me, um, is something that I have reflected on a lot since oh. this happened. Okay. So when we were meeting, you asked me, you know, well, what would you do if your business was failing? If you weren't able to pay the bills, if you, you know, if things weren't going well. And I was like, well, I would, I would just work harder. Obviously I would just get up earlier. I would just stay up later. I would just be more efficient. And that's what I did when things got hard. So when we started Ignite, we had nothing close to a typical first year of business. Um, we were incredibly successful. 
um, the brand blew up in the community, you know, people kind of knew who we were and what we did and the impact of what we were doing too, like truly living out the mission to help people tap into their best selves. We were honestly rolling in money, <laughs> doing really, really well. And then COVID hit and we, we closed down. And it's, I mean, something that I'm really proud of, we closed before um, we were required to, because we putting other people's health first, putting our community's health first is important. So we closed um, and, you know, you talk about pivoting. Um, <laughs> it's through, a common word. Through COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like triggered every time I hear it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we pivoted, pivoted, pivoted. I was really, really grateful since we had so much money in the bank. I was able to pay my team what they would have made had we been open. Um, cause I know some of them for almost all of my team, it's a second job, but like, you know, people bought cars or homes based on the income from that second job. That happens a lot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, was, I was really grateful to be in a position where we could do that. So COVID we, um, throughout COVID and I won't go into every single detail, but we did an online option. We opened and reclosed. We opened in an open air, like a, a warehouse. So at, with our bikes, I like really pivot every time. He's, he's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So coming out of it, I was dizzy. I had been pivoting and pivoting and pivoting and pivoting and pivoting. And I don't think I realized that I still didn't have my bearings. Once we were back in the studio, once we had 34 bikes back in there and we were growing, you know, financially we still were struggling because with fitness, that fitness is tough, right? You put 45 or 35 people in a moderately well-ventilated space for 45 minutes and tell them to breathe heavily when there's still an airborne virus going yeah. around like that. And maybe you wear know, a mask. It's a tough sell. Yeah. It's a tough yeah. sell. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention so, the tears and the sweat as well. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So um, my kind of default in terms of how I operate is to just tuck my chin and go. You know, stuff's hard. Okay, take a, take a deep breath. It's temporary. You can do it. Just power through. Today, you know, someone called in sick last night. You have to wake up and go teach, you know, the 5.30 a.m. class and then the 6.30 a.m. That's exhausting, but like, just tuck your, you got it. Just set your alarm. You can do it. Um, pretty emotionless and not, not honoring my need for care and like my own humanity. Right. Sure. Mm -hmm. Self-care. Yeah. Very much a, in a position of like, just keep working, like just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Right. But I needed a life raft because <laughs> yeah, it was you know, if I'd stopped swimming, the business would drown. But what ended up happening, so getting into some of the more specifics. So January, February of 2022, we were in the process and under construction on our second studio. So amazing came out of COVID, not just afloat, but preparing to open a second studio. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. And the construction, as construction happens, you know, was pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. My team was larger than it needed to be. And we were still, you know, not financially doing 
as well as we could slash should have been. Sure. You're overstaffed for the growth. Yes. Um, which is tremendously stressful. (laughs) Um, and so in February, just to kind of give a timeline of like how this happened, February, I went on vacation with some girlfriends for like five days. I came back, got the flu, had to push back a trip by a day to go take a cycling class in LA with one of like a like very well-known instructor. She's absolutely incredible. So I had this trip to LA. I pushed it back by a day because I was immobile in bed with the flu, then got on a plane the next day and went and took the class, having not like eaten for a few days. Recovering from the flu. That sounds uh, yeah. real healthy. <laughs> yeah. Like probably should have just canceled that trip, Tiffany. But again, just tuck your chin and go. You know, you made these plans. Just go do them. This is important to the business. This is important for you. Go do this. Came back from that trip. Um, and then we had also invited that instructor to teach some classes at our studio. So two weeks after I got back from my LA trip, she came and there was a lot going on in terms of marketing and just like getting everything ready for her. Um, because of course we wanted her to have the very best experience. So that was a lot. (laughs) And then three days after that left for spring break in Europe for 12 days with my husband and kids. And we went to three different cities in those 12 days. So I started feeling the stress on my body. I would say around the time that we had invited that instructor to come, I wasn't, I didn't have much of an appetite. I wasn't sleeping well and kind of had this like antsy, like, I think I was just running on fumes. Probably it was like this anxiety fueled action, but again, just tuck your chin and go, just get through it. Just like, try to enjoy it. Have a good time. Do your best. It's temporary. Yes. Yes, but it was all of these things that were temporary back to back to back to back. Sure. Yep. So yes, my body was feeling it then. Um, I took that class, which it was a very challenging. I like rode in in the class that she taught, having not eaten for like two days, which is not like me. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, a couple of days later, went on spring break, um, which traveling like that is hard on the body anyway. Traveling with you know, especially overseas. Yes. Um, my two kids who are amazing travelers and like very adventurous, um, and easy to travel with, but still it's a lot. So we got home, jumped right back into work and it was about a week later that I woke up and was like, something is wrong. I felt really weepy. Isn't quite the right word. It was, it was like a deep melancholy. Okay that I felt like heavy in my body and also just felt like I could cry at any moment. I don't remember where my daughter was. She may have been at a friend's house, but my husband had to work on Saturday. Um, And I was at home with my son and remember just being like, again, just, you just be present with your son. You don't get many weekends. Like you don't get a whole lot of time during the week with your kids. Just be present, just be present, just be present. But feeling really like I just need my husband to get home so that I can go get in bed. So he finally got home and I did. I went and got in bed and immediately broke down into truly uncontrollable sobbing. And it's hard to explain what was going on mentally, 
but I knew I wasn't okay. Like, I know we use the word unhinged jokingly, but I felt unhinged. You're crying and don't know why in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, definitely was having, it was a panic attack, Okay, but it was also the moment of breaking for me that it was everything caught up with me. There was no more tucking my chin and, and going. It was, you know, lie prostrate on your bed and weep. <laughs> and it did get bad enough. And, you know, I share this with a lot of humility and also with the hope that it would, you know, help someone to know that like, it's okay. <laughs> I ended up calling a mental health institution. I knew I wasn't going to hurt myself, but I was like, I need help. There's something. Like, I need help. Yeah. Because I just, I didn't feel safe existing. (laughs) So they, they told me to go to the ER and I have a handful of, um, people in my life that have gone to the ER for mental health issues. And I said, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm shaking my head. No one can see, but I'm like, yeah, not always the best route. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So toughed it out. But then what made it so, so much different than a panic attack was the recovery. How long were you, how long were you down and out? Like, is this days you're in bed or what happened? Like, did you, okay, days. It's not a sad moment. So I went back to work on Monday. Right. Exactly. I did go back to work on Monday to meet with our studio manager and the incoming studio manager. Right. Um, Because again, we were six weeks away from opening our second studio. And told them, I, I said, I have to take the week. Like, I will be available if you need me, but like, I can't come in. I'll teach my classes again, still doing what I do. Mm, still tucking, <laughs> still tucking that chin. But, <laughs> Hindsight, um, right? <laughs> yeah, exa- I mean, truly. Um, and so I, I effectively took that week off from like the business management side of it, but it didn't really get much better from there. Um, I went through a long season of really not feeling like myself and also not being effective in my work. The recovery was so much more than just getting through the the sad days. Okay. And in that, and I hate to say this, be, well, I don't hate to say it. I hate that it happened. You know, I ended up losing a lot of, a lot of trust from my team that I had spent, you know, years building and working really hard, um, to, you know, be reliable and show up and be, you know, just an excellent leader. Sure. And someone that my team really could look to and and believe in. Are you an accomplished woman business owner with a story to tell? Do you crave a platform where you can share your journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Hey everyone, it's Tina here. If you're fans of the show, then you know we are a show that celebrates the strengths and resilience of women entrepreneurs just like you. As we're getting this podcasting community going, I thought it would be fitting to an extended invitation to apply to join me as a guest on our Top 100 podcast platform. I started Women Choosing Growth because I believe that real growth happens when we come together and share our expertise and our experiences. We want to hear your inspiring stories, the challenges you face, and the lessons you've learned on your entrepreneur journey. Whether you've triumphed over adversity or faced setbacks head on, your story has the power to inspire and empower other women just like you. This platform is for you to showcase your achievements 
highlight your expertise, and create meaningful connections within our community. So if you're a fearless woman business owner, unafraid to open up about your path to success, we want you on our show. Go to www.womenchoosinggrowth.com and join our community. From there, you'll be given the chance to fill out the short application. If you believe that you have a story to share, then why not? Once again, it's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. I can't wait to feature more amazing and talented women in this community. Now, back to the show. You were the rock when everyone else called in sick and needed a mental health day. (laughs) You were the one who showed up, right? I mean, they're used to you being there. You ran everything every day and was everything to everybody. And now you weren't. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was things like stuff that in isolation is, you know, maybe not that big of a deal, but the things kind of compounded. Um, so, you know, things like, oh, our microphones weren't working very well on opening day. And then we were having issues with the sound and then we had issues with the plumbing and I just couldn't deal with them with the level of of efficiency that I had in the past. Cause in the past would be like, oh, it happened and I will work my tail off and, or pay people more and, or, you know, be a hard ass and like, make sure that I get somebody in their ASAP, but like, I just didn't have it in me. And so I think very, very understandably, um, my team learned that they couldn't rely on me in the same way, which still breaks my heart to say, but we are in a season of rebuilding (laughs) finally. And I feel like that's probably a good like place for me to stop and we can, I don't know, discuss or ask questions or if you want to ask questions. Yeah. I'm wondering like, how long was that? How, how long from that Saturday morning? I mean, cause obviously you were saying you were feeling it before that. And I, and I asked these questions in the lens of helping other people listen and either recognize it or themselves. Again, would we say 42% of women? That's almost half. That's a lot. So I feel like this is really where people need to listen to their own bodies and listen to your story and relate it to themselves or put it in the back of their brain for the future because it could happen still in any in any stage of business it's not just when you're opening another studio or you have a lot going on which you did but like how long from that saturday when it kind of all piled in on you to when you could say that like okay i was feeling on the uprise at this point was it was it a week was it months it was months. Yeah. Months of not yourself, months before you felt like I can get through this. Yeah. And I can, I honestly can kind of pinpoint because I ended up having to go do like, I not having to, but I, I opted to do some like specialized therapies to like, cause there was something wrong with my nervous system the whole time. <laughs> okay. Physically, not just mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, true, like truly something something broke. Like it's called a mental breakdown for a reason. Um, I, I broke. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You didn't just get fed up with business crap. Right. I wasn't just tired or overworked. Like I was, I was truly burnt out and broken. Um, I mean, I, I was having conversations with team members even into November where they were expressing to me that they felt like the wheels were falling off. Mm. So that's several months. Yes. I mean, yeah, six, 
six months, which is not funny. Um, but I also don't know what to do except laugh about it. Um, yeah. That's my go-to yeah. too. <laughs> like, wow, that was a long time. So I went on vacation for Christmas and in that time really focused on resting and reflecting and trying to understand where the trust breakdowns happened with my team, knowing that I was about to begin the tough journey of rebuilding trust, which is way, way, way harder than establishing it. So came back in January, first or second week in January, had a meeting with my instructor team who was feeling the impact the most um, because I had, I work most closely with our instructors um, and our studio managers are our front desk team reports directly to them, but instructors report directly to me. Man, that meeting, the vibe was not good. (sighs) People were unhappy and, um, you know, feeling pretty down about this place and this thing that used to make them so happy and be something that they looked forward to. Well, in reality, they lost the Tiffany they knew, right? Is is that a fair statement? Like, Absolutely. Yeah, I lost the Tiffany I knew, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, it's like almost a grieving of like, we had this vision, we had this wonderful, you're always upbeat, you're always tucking your chin and going and like, we're going to get through this and the positive vibes. And then you broke and they lost that person. And I can, I can see that where the trust would be like, well, how do we get her back? Yeah. And can we rely on her? You know, when I was between May and December, I would come back in fits and starts, right? I would have some energy and I would work really hard for a couple of days and then I'd crash. And then I have some energy and work like, and that's, you know, that I can imagine that giving people a whiplash and like, what do we, like, what's she going to be doing today? Is she going to be available today? You know? And that, I mean, that honestly is what just breaks my heart more than anything about this story is the effect that it had on my team because I love those people with like my whole heart. And it just makes me feel really sad. We could. Find the positive in that, though. I mean, you rebuilt that trust, even though it was a harder road than like in the beginning when you're, hey, I'm building this thing. Come with me on my vision that we don't even have a space for yet or a bike. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then to like, never mind. So, yeah, I can see where that would be harder to rebuild that trust, but you made it through that. Yes. So, we were, I was really, really, really lucky and really grateful that we did not, we didn't have any team members quit during that time. Okay. That's huge. Yeah. Um, they had every reason to, I would not look back and say like, well, why'd you leave? Like, no, if anybody had left at any point in time between May and December, I would have been like, yeah, I get it. (laughs) I get it. Yeah, sure. So in terms of rebuilding, we had this meeting. I, um, there were some financial incentives as well. Um, again, like they stayed, you know, um, and the business was finally, we were finally heading toward recovery from COVID because open, I mean, opening a second studio while still recovering from COVID, like our, huge expenses. that was <laughs> economically volatile time. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and just to paint the picture for people, like these are bikes, these are shoes. This is a physical space. This is not a service where we need a couple people to do some things. Although those businesses are great too, but this is asset heavy investment up front before someone is even, before there's even a butt on that bike. Yep. 
exactly. Exactly. So yes, I, I can I can picture the financial dip, yes. if you will, yeah. <laughs> in your in yeah. your in your P and L and your balance sheet. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know what I had to do, what I am doing, right? Like we're still in this process of rebuilding and recovering. It's about consistency. <laughs> You know, it's about showing up when I say I'm going to show up. It's about sending the emails when I say I'm going to send the emails. Um, and these simple little things that have been building up and we've been able to build more trust um, in that, having open conversations, you know, like with transparency. Yes. Like, hey, you expressed in November that you felt like the wheels were falling off. How are you feeling now? Mm, the tough questions. Uh huh. And that those are scary to ask, but what's scarier is the idea of losing my team members, right? <laughs> yeah, that's huge. That is so huge of what you just said, because it is hard. I know, I, I, you know, I've had to do it in my business of not necessarily in a negative way, even just in the positive way you ask your vendors or your customers, like, how are we doing? And you don't know the answer, but you have, <laughs> but you need, right. right? You have no idea. Like, is this going to be great? Or is it like, you right. <laughs> it really is a like, we, I get like, but I, I kind of want to know, <laughs> <laughs> can you be nice in your answer? But I really want it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, that's hugely vulnerable, but I, that is also, I think hugely contributed to your being able to build that trust back up. Cause obviously Tiffany's asking us th- these things cause she wants to know, right. Versus like, hey guys, I'm back. And like, everything's going to be like it was before. Like, mm-hmm. right. You trust me now, right? <laughs> Because I said I'm back. Like, no. Like, yeah, I, I was here on Monday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you yeah. proud of me? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that you walked us through that. Um, again, for people to understand the burnout piece of that and, and then also the rebuilding. But there's so much more to that of like what you've learned for yourself, both from the physical aspect and like what, what if anything, would you go back and do differently? Now, with what you know now. Mm -hmm. So I think now that I have an understanding of where the line is and what it looks like when I'm close to approaching it, when it's just constant, like just take a deep breath, you know, push it down, tuck a chin, go, tuck a chin, go. And when that's all that I'm doing, I've learned to listen to that and take a break because an intentional break can be much shorter and have a much less negative impact than a breakdown. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. right. And you can plan that. You can yes. be like, I'm getting to that point. I'm going to not work next Friday and go to the spa. Like yes. you can plan, yes. you can plan your break. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say one thing that I try to do is I try to take Thursdays, um, at least a half day as like a personal day every week. Cause the weekend's not really enough with two kids at home. <laughs> Um, I enjoy them tremendously and they are so much fun, but like, I need some time to myself and some time to just be, whether it's like lounging on the couch and watching TV or going for a walk or, you know, calling friends, I have to build my self-care time into when I am alone. Huge. Yeah. And just like learning that and also learning that like self-care isn't just a buzzword. It's an actual thing. And sometimes it doesn't feel good in the moment, but it's really, really important. I think so. And I think you hit a perfect 
point there of, I know, again, women and the children and the husband and the work and the thing. And then we've got girlfriends and we've got groceries to get and we've got things to do that non-business time isn't always all that, all the rest of the time isn't just being a mom and in the family or with the kids. Like you're talking real me time. Yes. Me and I get to do whatever I want. It might be with girlfriends. It might be with other people if that's what energizes you at the moment, but it's me time. Yeah. And it typically has to do with me like closing all of the curtains downstairs and making my house really dark and like existing, right? Like maybe turning a lamp on to read a book. But um, I really, do, I, I cocoon myself and that feels good, you know? Good. So you, uh, how do I say this without saying like you had, let's just say the experience of being able to go through this storm <laughs> and then be able to look back and go like, oh, okay, now I know what that looks like. I know what it feels like. I, in the future, I feel like you are pretty equipped to stop yourself before that happens again. But pe- for people who haven't felt it and don't know, because you didn't know that line either, mm-hmm. you barreled through it. <laughs> what, is there anything, like, what, what advice would you give to those women who aren't feeling it right now, but may in the future, how would they recognize it so they're not part of this 42%? Yeah. Um, so I think for me personally, and I also acknowledge that this if someone is going to go through an experience like this, that it's going to be different for everyone. But I also think that this is possibly something that could be a little more ubiquitous. When I got to that point of feeling like I was running on fumes and like I was running on adrenaline alone, that really is when I could have pumped the brakes and been like, this is not going to go well. And you know, the goal now is of course to have enough built into my month or my week or whatever to not get even close to that point. But that really was the like, oh my gosh, I just feel like I'm running on fumes. You know, oh my God, like it's just, yeah, like I just, I just gotta, I just gotta do it. I just gotta just just do it. That kind of feeling, just the pushing down of like the reality of being a human, living in a human body was my sign that things weren't right. Okay. So the true work life, not necessarily balance, <laughs> but more like, I don't know that there is a balance, right? Cause it's like one day it's leaning one way and the next day it's leaning the other. And that's perfectly great. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I like the term of work life balance, but you're saying something to that effect of like, take some time, some me time kind of do a self check of like, am I running on fumes? Am I being the best self that I can be? Am I there for my business? Am I there for my family? If not, what can I do differently? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sort of what you're saying. Yeah. And if the do differently is something that doesn't sound reasonable at all, like taking a day off, like a true day off. And again, like, I don't know how other people react to stress, but taking a day off is a much better choice than taking a month off. Yeah, I literally had those words in my head as you were saying <laughs> that. Like, Because so many women say that, right? Like, no, I'm doing all the things and I'm about to open that next studio and da-da-da-da-da and I've got these or I've got to hire this person and train them next week. Like all the things. So I can't take a day off. I can't take a beat. I can't take a moment. But I think your final words there of like, one day, one break, one me day, 
a month or one, whatever the time frame is, is so much better than taking, you took six months of, of a recovery period and break. Yeah. Unintentional, not great timing. <laughs> yeah. And the work coming out of that is significantly more than the work that I had been doing before. You know, I also, you had asked about balance earlier and I said that I don't, but I guess the way that I have always thought about Again, the word isn't balancing, but literally juggling, not literally juggling, but, you know, metaphorically juggling um, work and life and um, just being a, a person is that I really do think about all of those things like balls in the air. And occasionally you have too many balls in the air and you have to put one down. But my approach up until probably 2022 was knowing I'm going to drop the ball somewhere. I have too many balls. <laughs> so I'm going to drop one. I'm going to drop two. But guess what? I have agency over which ones I put down and when. And then when I pick them back up and if I put something else down. And that worked for me really well until things just got too, too nuts. And I didn't have the wherewithal to decide what I was going to put down. And then what ended up happening is that all of the balls came crashing to the ground. Okay. So the question is, how are your balls now? <laughs> Not a question I ask every day. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. You know, I think I have picked up a new one, which is the self-care ball, um, the showing up for me ball. I also have gotten more comfortable with putting down the Ignite Cycle ball a little bit more often. And, you know, I, I will like the real impacts of that have been things like we have less financial efficiency, right? Cause like, I'm not calling around to get, you know, multiple quotes on, you know, things that we might need. I'm going with the first one and realizing that we might be paying more than we should be, but like I can take a breath. You're being okay with not being a perfectionist in certain areas. Yes, exactly. Do you think that's a, that, that it, I mean, I know it's a trade of yours to be a perfectionist, but it's a trade in a lot of women entrepreneurs who are, it, it's, it's a challenge and it's actually a great, great thing. Makes us motivated, makes us build beautiful businesses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think that's key. What you just said is like, you're, you can be okay with less than 100% of the thing or the person that you hired or the cost of whatever within reason, right? Talking to the financial person mm -hmm. here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. As I was saying, I was like, Nina's going to hate this. <laughs> Maybe get a couple quotes, see what it looks like in the budget. Um, <laughs> I think we, we understood what you're saying, though, like just being okay with okay, and it doesn't have to be perfect. The business is still obviously going well, and, and it would be the same for any business can run at less than 100% some of the time. I love that, and I love that. Um, I'm sad that you went through it, but I love that we're talking now as you're gone through the challenge of rebuilding and have two successful studios and able to share that with your story with other women. And hopefully you're helping to knock this ridiculous stat down from 42% to, you know, let's hope like more like zero in the future. If, yeah, if zero would be zero great. Zero would be great. And then like two came to my head and I'm like, but 2% is still too many because it's, right, it's right. unfortunate. 
even just from the physical and the mental capacity, but then it affects your business. It affects, like you said, your entire team. It, I'm sure it affected your customers that come in and expected Ignite to be all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Any f- final last words or um, any advice? Wrap it up. You know, I think that there's just a lot to be said about honoring, like I've always seen my business as a separate something from me and honoring who and what that is, but not ever putting that ahead of honoring who you are and what you need. Oh, we're supposed to put ourselves ahead of our business? <laughs> we what? I've never heard yeah, that before. That's, uh, that's what you're saying. Yes. Yes. I know. That's what we think. Or, or like you've said, you've just put your chin down so many times, like, I'll take care of myself tomorrow, but I'm going to do this horrible thing today. Um, yeah. So really time for yourself. Be conscious. Yeah. I think the awareness is a big part of that. Well, Tiffany, I appreciate you sharing your story with these other women. And hopefully, like I said, you can inspire and help to see those triggers so that women can take time out for themselves and be a better person for it. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I, you know, appreciate having, you know, you having me on to share this story. And yeah, I agree. I hope that it can be helpful. I think it very much will. Thank you again. Thanks so much, Tina. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. The Woman Choosing Growth Show is not just another podcast. It's a tribe of women helping each other grow. So please share this podcast with all the women entrepreneurs that you would love to see succeed. If you'd like to know more about customized business advising through Cultivate Advisors, download business tools, or sign up for upcoming events, visit www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Once again, that's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Remember, we are in this together. See you on the next one.